Why do you linger here when there is no hope? There is still hope. Tempted to think there's no hope for overcoming some of the challenges of modern life? Ask an elf. Or a hobbit. Tune in Tuesdays, 4 to 5 p.m. with Milo Lomesdown at your service and... Tani Tanuvial, the resident KUCI Middle Earth elf. For What Would Arwen Do? on KUCI Irvine, 88.9 FM and streaming live on KUCI.org. The views and opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of KUCI its management, or the UC Board of Regents. For more information on this or other KUCI programs, visit KUCI.org or KUCITalk.org. To everyone listening, elf and hobbit friends alike, you're listening to KCI in Irvine 88.9 FM, Orange County's alternative radio station and quite possibly the best radio station in the history of Middle Earth. I am Tani Tanuviel, the resident KUCI Middle Earth elf. Welcome to What Would Arwen Do? We're here every Tuesday, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. And to my charming Hobbit co-host, welcome. Milo Lomesdown at your service, Elf Princess. And oh, what an exciting day today. Ah, Tuesday, September the 20th, and we're in the middle of Welcome Week. We are indeed. For the University of California at Irvine. Lots more about that later. It's so wonderful. I love when um, this fall quarter starts because there's just this whole energy that happens on especially like last weekend just being over across the street at university center all the students are flooding in and many of them with their parents and there's just this whole energetic wonderful thing that happens it's tremendous and driving in today i saw groups of students combining and recombining (laughs) so the synergy of Mm. of human interaction is fortified and remultiplied at this university and it's like a it's like a large city it's like you know it's like the city kind of goes quiet and then all of a sudden the city comes back to life so if you are tuning in for the first time you may be wondering what this show is all about well if a middle earth elf lived today in southern california and irvine to be more precise what might her life look like how would she as a modern elf 
celebrate and support the arts, music, our community, and the preservation of Earth, its beauty, resources, and creatures, all things that an elf would be concerned about. Some people like to ask, what would Jesus do? And that is a very good question. But on this program, when challenges in life arise, or as the wizard Gandalf in Fellowship of the Ring puts it, questions, questions that need answering, we like to ask, well, what would Arwen do? Who was Arwen, you may be wondering? In J.R.R. Tolkien's Mythology of Middle-Earth, Arwen was an elf princess, the daughter of Elrond, a prince among elves and lord of Rivendell, a magical place of healing, lore, and wisdom, perhaps not unlike the community here at UC Irvine. I believe that as an elf, Arwen understood the principle of noblesse oblige, with great privilege comes responsibility. She embodied the archetype of a true princess of the light through her courage, wisdom, beauty, her sense of humor, and her service to others. In Tolkien and The Lord of the Rings, A Guide to Middle-Earth, Colin Durias wrote, In his invented mythology of Middle-Earth, Tolkien intended that his elves were an extended metaphor of a key aspect of human nature. This, quote, elven quality in human life was a central preoccupation of Tolkien's. Elves, like dwarves, hobbits, and the like, partially represent human beings. In Tolkien's mythology, elves represent what is high and noble in humans. In particular, they represent the arts in their highest form, work done in the image of God and his created world. So, as an elf, I believe this elven quality exists today in every living person and yearns for expression through gifts of creativity, nobility, and service to others. And I am so, so grateful to have on the show not only, um, well, my a hobbit <laughs> for, for, for so many years. I was here just as an elf sharing my perspective on life. And it and, was wonderful. And it, oh, I, well, hopefully it was, it was at least something. But it is... It is exponentially more fun and more rewarding now that I have my dear Hobbit co-host. And I'm so glad to be here. Again, you're listening to What Would Arwen Do on KUCI 88.9, Irvine, California, the voice of the University of California at Irvine. And I'd like to say welcome to all my nieces and nephews, also to... Chuck and Donna. I'm hoping Chuck has a speedy recovery from his back surgery. Also, welcome to Martin up in Canada who listens on podcast. As you probably know, KUCI can be listened to 24 hours a day, seven days a week at http colon slash slash KUCI.org. Live streaming 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Also, you can listen to this program on podcast. We generally put it onto the internet a day later or so, depending on Hobbit time, (laughs) and you can find our shows in two places. You can go to KUCITALK.org, that's KUCITALK.org, and you'll find What Would Arwen Do There. You can also go to the iTunes store and search for Arwen, A-R-W-E-N, and you'll find us there as as always for free download. Yes, and it's. I love the wonders of technology, um, especially because, for me, I fell in love with the works of J.R. Tolkien through the movies uh, way back in 2002. That was when I discovered them, even though they came out in December of 2001. Uh, but I was, you know, hard-pressed to find anyone who was as crazy about these things as I was until I found a message board. 
It was called TheOneRing.com, affectionately known as Torque. And there I found a wonderful community of people who are um, just passionate about J.R. Tolkien and the movies and the books. And um, we have spent lots of time talking to each other, you know, because after you talk to your friends for so long, they kind of start rolling their eyes <laughs> at the next mention, you know, the next time you mention Fellowship of the Ring and that wonderful scene. Um, <laughs> it, and I have been privileged to be able to meet some of those people. So I am very grateful for the wonders of technology and the fact that so many of our friends can listen through the Internet as well in case they happen to be out of our 200-watt broadcasting area. That's right. So welcome to all of the listeners on Torque. Yes, and to anybody else who may be just listening online or to those that might be listening live through the radio. We, Even though we are only 200 watts, we are in the heart of Irvine, the heart of Orange County here. And we know that we have international listeners. By the way, we would love to hear from you via email, that newfangled computer thing. <laughs> so if you'd be glad to send us an email, we would be glad to read it and uh, respond. Please send your emails to askanelf at yahoo.com. That's A-S-K-A-N-E-L-F at yahoo.com. And perhaps you have uh, some situation in life that uh, is, has come up and you're just, and you're wondering yourself, well, what would Arwen do in this situation? What would Arwen do about this? What would Arwen think? Feel, friend, feel free to send us an email and I'll tell you what I think. <laughs> Tani Tanuville, the hostess that well, you hear here, on What Would Arwen Do Every Tuesday. Well, it turns out that Tanya Tanuvial has a book coming out. Oh, don't There's you? There's no don't schedule. <laughs> There's no definite schedule, but she oh, has a oh. lot of life experiences as an elf, and she has actually started to write down in outline form what she has learned as an elf and how it can apply to your everyday life. Well, so. it, it started as a grand experiment of, you know, if I decided, if, if I lived like an elf, would my life be any better, any worse? Would it make any difference? Elves seemed to, you know, I was going through some challenges in my own life and in my own spiritual walk, and I just was having trouble sorting out. I, th- I thought, well, you know, the elves seem to have it pretty well sorted out. What if I lived like an elf? And so I started writing down the things that I learned. But the very first thing I learned from the elves was that elves do not whine. So whining was out the door. But uh, in my course... That's number one. (laughs) And that started in 2002. So it's been uh, almost, you know... Going on 10 years. Going on 10 years of my grand experiment. And it has been transforming on very many levels. I'm no longer afraid of of dragonflies. I was terrified of dragonflies. I went to a picnic one time and the dragonflies came. And I started to do my thing where I would run to the car and roll up all the windows in terror. Um, And I thought, elves are not afraid of dragonflies. And I just had a whole new perspective on dragonflies, and now I'm, and I love, I now love dragonflies. They're quite fascinating little creatures. And very beautiful. And just from approaching it from the perspective of an elf rather than uh, my previous way of a terrified six year old that thought the dragonflies were chasing her. <laughs> when in fact, they're just curious. They're, they're flying just around, curious. nosing around. Yes, as are all the wonderful little uh, elementals and, and things of nature. So it's been a wonderful, it's been a wonderful adventure um, all these many years and, and, and has led to my meeting you, my dear Hobbit co host um, and friend and just the adventures that we get to have here at KUCI. Well, you've been on the air here at KUCI for going on seven years. I've been with you wow. for more than two years now. It's been such a joy and privilege. 
That's right, 2005. And later on, we will, we will tell our listeners how they might get involved. That's right, because it is Welcome Week, and we will get to a little bit more of that. First, we have uh, some of our general things. Um, just in case you're first, in case you're listening for the first time, we will be talking a little bit more about this later. But we, the programming here at QCI goes by quarter, and we're just rounding out this quarter. Next week, we'll start a whole new um, program, fall quarter. the fall quarter of programming. And so, some of the programs will be shifted around. There'll be new programs added. So, please be sure to check out our website at QCI.org. And but. Here, we celebrate the works of J.R. Tolkien. We also, both of us, are lovers of not only of the books, but also of the movies. And I love that my Hobbit co-host here, because I'm just one of those elves that uh, likes a good story. You know, we, we elves love a good tale. So I just go to movies and I like it. I either like it or I don't. I don't really know that much. I find it interesting, but I don't know that much about the making of movies and and you, dear Hobbit co-host, know all about those things. And it's fascinating some of the things that I have learned about this wonderful technology called movie making. Well, it's an amazing thing. And I have a piece of movie news. If we oh, let's, let's, have, a, let's have just a tiny bit of Hobbit. Um, oh. uh, because we are kind of uh, ongoingly music? celebrating that the Hobbit movies are coming out in... Yes, 2012. December 14th, 2012. The Hobbit... Movie Part 1 opens, and then December 13th, 2013, the second part opens. Yes. So we've got two big Christmases to look forward to. And then it was recently announced that Avatar sequel will come out in Christmas of 2014. So lots of wonderful things to be celebrating in the world of technology and fantasy. So uh, in case you're wondering, this is in fact uh, Howard Shore's music that you are hearing uh, from the Academy Award winning soundtrack of Fellowship of the Ring and played at the beginning of our program. We always play um, from the Fellowship of the Ring the track on uh, the Council of Elrond. Right, wonderful elf music. Yes, so... Please tell us if we have any movie updates about what's going on with the movies. Well, since we were talking about technology, I mm-hmm. think the first thing to say is that James Cameron, the famous director of Titanic and Avatar, and someone who's always been at the leading edge of technology... Has and as you mentioned to me earlier, the two biggest grossing movies of all time. In the history of the world. <laughs> Number one biggest grossing, that is gross box office receipts, is... James Cameron's movie Avatar. The number two movie in all-time worldwide gross box office receipts is Titanic, also by James Cameron. Yes. And both movies used a lot of advanced technology, especially Avatar with the beautiful 3D they did. I know. When I... Well, of course, I loved the Lord of the Rings movies. When I went to see Avatar, it was so amazing because I know this might sound funny, but to me... The world he created and captured on Pandora was what I pictured as like Elven home, you know, like where the elves, where they sail into the West, you know, their interaction with nature, their connection with the animals and with nature. I thought, oh my gosh, that's how Elven home is. And, you know, those beautiful floating, uh, what were they, floating the mountains? Floating mountains. Uh, so yeah. beautiful. And the, and the technology, of course, allowed you to feel like you were right inside what was going on it was it was an amazing experience as a longtime movie fan i can tell you it knocked my socks off it was a very impressive technical achievement and artistic achievement because 
I quickly forgot that I was wearing goggles. I quickly mm-hmm. forgot that I was watching a movie. I felt that I was there mm-hmm. on the uh, planet. Yes. yes. Now, how long did it take to make that movie? Because as we were talking mm. earlier, I didn't realize that sometimes, especially these movies with animation, take like four years to make. Right. The average animated film, such as Beauty and the Beast or The Little Mermaid, or The Lion King takes four years to make. Wow. And special effects heavy films take at least a year and a half. It turns out that Avatar, because it was groundbreaking in so many technology areas, took about three years to make and was mm. very expensive. Any case, let's get to movie news. Yes. So James Cameron has decided <clears throat> to take a book out of out of Peter Jackson's library. Uh-huh. Peter Jackson, of course, we announced on this program late last year, he had decided to use the red Epic cameras, which are here from Orange County, California. They're actually built, manufactured mm. here in Laguna Hills, Orange County, California. And, and what does that mean, red, red? Red is the name of the company. It's a small company that makes special digital photography equipment. Okay. And the Epic cameras, that Epic is their trademark, mm-hmm. Peter Jackson decided to do the Hobbit movies in 3D, but he didn't want conventional 3D. He decided to go with high-speed digital 3D. So he's actually filming them not at 24 frames a second, which has been the speed of cinema since the late 1920s. He has decided to up it to 48 frames a second, so it looks much more realistic. So you'll actually feel like you're there. Well, James Cameron announced this week that he's decided to use the same technology for his Avatar sequel, which comes out in December 2014, except he's going to be going 60 frames a second. So again, this uh, wonderful interview uh, and article about James Cameron and using the same technology that Peter Jackson will for the Hobbit movies is in uh, The Hollywood Reporter. So go to hollywoodreporter.com. You can read about that. And most of my news items, by the way, come from the other big website that we Tolkien fans like, Mm -hmm. which is Torn, the one ring dot net. They have wonderful news things. They have parties they do. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, on the on the Lord of the Rings movies, uh, we will talk about Journey's End, the Music Chronicles. This is a documentary, mm. documentary that I saw on the local PBS station. So those of us, our listeners, that maybe have not seen it yet, use your search tools, whatever they are, to find Journey's End, the Music Chronicles, on your local PBS station. It's wonderful. You see shots, you see uh, images of. Howard Shore conducting and scoring the orchestra. Mm. You see Annie Lennox preparing for and singing in the studio into the West. And you see her strong emotional reaction she had to the song. It was really moving to see her. You see Sir James Galway. You see Renee Fleming working with Howard Shore via the Internet. Now, this is a video that's actually posted on the Internet that people can watch. I did not find it on the internet. Oh. It was it was broadcast on the local PBS station oh. here, KOCE TV, uh, known now as PBS SoCal because yeah. it's in Southern California. And what is it? What was the title again? The title is Journeys End, the Music Chronicles. Wow! And it has documentary footage footage of Howard Shore composing. And yeah. then conducting the score of the Lord of the Rings. But the 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 um, the production itself isn't particular to Lord of to Tolkien's work, is it? It's all about Howard Shore's work on the Lord of the Rings. Oh, okay. It's interesting because they 
you know, the, if you were kind of like looking for things, generally you would look for some tag words like Tolkien or a Hobbit or Elf. Lord of the but, Rings. You know, Journey's End could be Yes, it could be anything. So Journey's End, the Music oh, Chronicles. I'll have to look for that. Maybe it's still, because sometimes they re- replay some of those programs on the PBS the final thing I'll mention today is, uh, because we have so much to talk about today, Elf Princess, mm. but if you go to mm. sfx.co.uk, the uh, the SFX website actually had an interview with Evangeline Lilly where she was talking about the Hobbit movies that she's starring in. She plays Toriel. Now, for those of you who have read the book The Hobbit, you'll know there's no such elf. <laughs> However... Peter Jackson and his co-screenwriters have decided to put in a new character. And so they have a little Q&A with Evangeline Lilly, who in the real world, Elf Princess, if we want to address that, is known as the Star of Lost, that tremendously successful television series. Which I've never actually seen. And neither have I. I should but see it now that But now that I know that she is the Star <clears throat> of Lost, I'll have to rent the DVDs and look at mm-hmm. her. <laughs> yes. So... Question. Now you're in New Zealand filming The Hobbit with Peter Jackson. It's a long commitment which would make some actors balk. Was that a concern? And Evangeline Lilly answers, I will be in and out of New Zealand for the course of a year. It worked out well. For a lot of actors, being that tied down would be problematic for their careers because they wouldn't have the freedom to take any other part in the meantime. For me, it's perfect because I want to have time to spend with my family and relax and focus on my writing. This role gives me a framework within which I can do that because I'm not working all the time, but I'm working enough. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's a flexible work environment. Question. When you played Kate on Lost, you were always doing physical scenes and stunts. How are you prepping for The Hobbit? Mm-hmm. Answer. With every film, you have to educate yourself on the material, and it's often things that you don't know a lot about. Right now, I'm studying the Elvish language and having conversations with people about learning oh. how to be an archer, oh, I'm so a swords person, and how to fight like an elf instead of a gritty convict. Oh. So we're going to have archery yes. aplenty in oh, the Hobbit. Oh, wonderful. Which should please your friend Ro. Yes. Well, oh, my gosh. I'm looking forward to this fall. We should have Ro on the show and talk yes, to her. Yes, she is. She's going to be coming on to share with us her archery adventures and... Uh, upcoming trainings and things of that sort. She's over in, in Italy having a little a little rest from all of her <laughs> archery adventures this, this summer. So Question. Uh, Again we're 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 just reading a little bit of this interview with mm-hmm. Evangeline Lilly that SFX, the British uh, website did. Question. Toriel is a new character in the mythology, so as a book purist yourself that must be frightening to ponder how fans will react to your part. Answer, yeah. I am very concerned to this day that people will watch the film, and I'll be the black mark on the film. I know how adamant <clears throat> the purists are, and I'm one of them. <laughs> that well, said, upon reading The Hobbit again as an adult, I can see why additional characters were needed to round out the story as a film adaptation, especially female yeah. characters. The Hobbit book didn't include female characters at all and was a very linear story, a book for children, really. What Peter, Fran Walsh, and Philippa Boyens have done is all in perfect keeping with Tolkien's world, while adding a third dimension to an otherwise two-dimensional story. And that, Elf Princess, is what I'm most excited about, to see how they took this children's story, which Tolkien himself, in a letter, admitted he wished he had cast more as an adult story. Right. But to see the council 
to see the White Council, to see the necromancer. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Well, and also because there are things that are alluded to in the story and that had to have been in existence, in a sense, that were not necessarily mentioned in the story. So, to me, I really appreciate, because I feel as though Peter Jackson has stayed true to the, as an expression of J.R. Tolkien's, that inner consistency of reality. These are things that could have been in place during those times. It's not like he's introducing unicorns or, you know, something totally unrelated. He's And, and again, it's an adaptation for the screen. It's not, you know, it right. isn't a book. And so I loved the things that he did in uh, Lord of the Rings, even, um, you know, most of them, um, even though, you know, once I read the books, I, you know, I felt, but to me, I just look at it as two completely different artistic expressions of the world of, of Middle Earth. And to me, I look at it like this is Peter Jackson's story of the Lord of the Rings or the Hobbit's base inspired by, you know, right. um, J.R.R. Tolkien. And just as last summer when I saw the Maverick Theater's wonderful production of The Hobbit, it mm-hmm. was it was Nathan McCarrick's imagining mm-hmm. of The Hobbit as a stage work, and it was truly wonderful. I hear that they have plans on repeating it next year in honor of the movies coming out, but yes. we, we shall see. It's not been officially scheduled. Well, and even, you know, Andre Vienne, who was here with the... You know, in studio. In studio with, and, you know, with the production of the big puppet, the whole puppet done with, light, you know, giant puppets. And, and um, such a brilliant, with, with the integration of the music and everything. Yes. Again, Andre Vienne, his interview is on our podcast, so go to KUCITalk.org and look for What Would Arwen Do? Yes. And so um, so I, I love those kind of things. Um, speaking of, you know, James Cameron, one of the things I loved about the Titanic story, and I'd seen other movies, you know, about the Titanic, I loved this love story that he wove, you know, um, um, the main characters were, you know, were not historical figures, but they could have been. They you know? well could have yeah. been. And and I loved that, that whole love story. It and just made for people that amazing. criticize Cameron as not being an actor's director, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find better performances than Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet as the lovers. Yes, yes. From different classes. So um, I'm excited to see what's going to happen with this Toriel. Of course, her name it comes from two elvish roots, I-E-L, which is daughter of, and T-A-U-R, which is of the forest. So daughter of the forest. Daughter of the forest. And uh, she's an elf of, I believe, of Mirkwood, right? That's right. Mm. Yeah. So that's, I think it's going to be very interesting. I haven't, uh, I don't think I've really e- even looked up and seen what she looks like. Uh, although, um, I was thrilled with Kate Blanchett and thrilled with Liv Tyler uh, oh, in uh, Lord of the Rings. Casting. So great casting. And so is that about it for our movie news? Yes, I think that it may be time for someone to tell me about an adventure they had. Oh, <laughs> a little adventure report. Well, for those uh, who are listening, last week we interviewed uh, Carrie, who's one of the uh, girls over at the Center for Living Peace, which is right across the street here in University Center. So if you are a returning or new student, you might want to check them out over there. They have all kinds of wonderful programs that are uh, geared for promoting peace in the world and in our communities and within within our own hearts. And Saturday was their uh, celebration day for the International Day of Peace, which I believe is 
today or tomorrow. Might think, be even today. I think it's today. Yes, I think it is today, the 21st. Um, and so I had a princess sleepover on uh, Friday night with a couple of um, girls from, little girls from my extended family. And we did a princess sleepover, which was a lot of fun. Watched uh, the prince and the... The oh, the princess and the frog. The princess and the which frog. Which is a wonderful movie. Such what a, a great, beautifully created film. And what a beautiful message and story, you know. Of it was just, it was so delightful. And then we watched Tangled, which is just, you know, <laughs> uh, which is just a very cute romp uh, kind of a movie. But <clears throat> and then the in the morning we went over to the Center for Living Peace, uh, which their website, in case you want to check it out, is www.good happens.org and they had free programs going on all day long for uh, just promoting peace we went to the drum circle so we were drumming for peace with about I don't know maybe 30 people all with drums and different types of percussion and, and it looked from the photograph you showed me as if it was people of all ages oh all ages from from two years old two years old up to there were, must have been some people there that were 60 or 70 or 80 and uh, some dancing some drumming and it was wonderful we also um, they had craft things going on all day the girls made these little twirlers that um, you assemble uh, them, and you, when you blow on them or when you turn around, they twirl and uh, with stickers and glitter and things like that. So they, got, they made one that they got to keep, and then they made another one, which the center was sending to uh, a shelter or something along with some provisions and sending those to the children there. So it was a wonderful day of doing something also you know, for yourself and also for uh, people in the community and the the girls just had a wonderful time. And uh, the Center for Living Peace, I'm just so grateful that they, they are over there. They're such a family-friendly kind of organization. They have things like Smiling Monkey Yoga for kids. The Ecology Center is often there doing things. They have uh, communi- peaceful communication workshops and um, uh, Jigong and Tai Chi and meditation classes. So, again, you can check out their website if you like at um, www goodhappens.org and is the podcast up from last week? Yes, it is. You can go to kucitalk.org or in iTunes, search for Arwen, A-R-W-E-N. It's free either way and the podcast from last week is up there. In the title, does it say something about the Center for Living Peace? It does say Center for Living Peace. It also talks about Carrie Metzger, the lady we interviewed. Oh, great. Excuse me, Anne. They have uh, some interesting events coming up. Just to quickly note, uh, one that's in uh, partnership with UC Irvine, where we broadcast from, um, which will be on October 13th, a special event with Gina Davis and Abigail, Abigail Disney, which will be here at UC Irvine. But on Saturday, October 8th, from 9 a.m. Uh, to 3 p.m., they're having a special event over at the Center for Living Peace. And just uh, on their little flyer here, it says, Join local youth, ages 11-24, for a unique day of learning and service related to women, war, and peace. A PBS series sharing the inspiring stories of women from conflict zones, from Bosnia to Afghanistan and Colombia to Liberia. Build awareness, take action, and live peace. And it says participants will receive a VIP admission to the October 13th speaking event with Gina Davis and Abigail Disney. So for more information and details, visit their website at Good happens.org slash be the change. And again, that day of service for women, war, and peace is Saturday, October the 8th from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. So with that, 
Um, let's have a little bit of um, Hobbit music, and I and I know why it's going to be Hobbit because music because there's a when little we bit come of back a we have a little celebration, yes. And we usually share music from the Fellowship of the Ring, but today I thought I would share a little different piece of Howard Shore's Hobbit music. Great um, as a transition, and this from uh, the Two Towers. This is the track Samwise the Brave. Yes, one of my favorite scenes. You know, wonderful. He talks to Frodo about the story that they find themselves in. So here is the music of Howard Shore from The Two Towers, Samwise the Brave. This is KUCI in Irvine, and we are What Would Arwen Do? Isn't that beautiful? I can't wait. Elf Princess, I need the <laughs> Hobbit movies now so I get more Howard Shore music. Oh, he was just such, such a master artist at creating the music and the tone and the different themes of, you know, the the music that was special for the elves, the music that was special for Hobbits. The, I mean, this scene here where, you know... Frodo this is from the offers, two towers. The, offers the ring to the Nazgul. Yes. Sam grabs him and throws him and, down. Um, yes. and he, you know, and Frodo takes the sword to Sam's throat, and, yes. then he, and he says, "I'm your Sam. I'm your Sam." So he drops yes. it, and he says, "I can't do this." And then Sam, of course, comes and and shares with them. You know, I know we shouldn't we shouldn't be here. I so thought that um, um, his name. Um, that played Sam. Sean Astin. Sean Astin, yes. I just really thought he should have gotten a, 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 well, a the nod un- for the a supporting in- actor. The incredible and- thing is, when you look at the Oscars, there was only there was zero wins for the acting, zero wins for the acting, and only one nomination between all three movies and all those wonderful performances, only one nomination, and it was, of course, for Suri and McKellen in Fellowship of the Ring as Gandalf. And he won it too, didn't he? No. Oh. No acting Oscars were ever won by Lord of the Rings. Not for Ian McKellen, not for Hugo Weaving, not for Kate Blanchett. There are so many brilliant supporting performances. That's not for Sean Astin. Look what Sean Astin does in Return of the King. Ah. Oh, I know. When he's carrying Frodo up the up the mount, up Mount Doom, I can't carry it for you, Mister Frodo, but I can, can carry I you. Yeah, I Unbelievable, know. amazing. By the way, you're so, listening to what would Arwen do? This is KUCI FM Irvine. You're listening to your hostess, Tani Tanuville, <laughs> the Elf Princess, and at your service is Milo Lomestown, uh, her friendly Hobbit. And so uh, tomorrow marks the anniversary of the birthday of our two favorite hobbits, of course, Bilbo and Frodo. When you say tomorrow, I'm sure what you mean is the day after tomorrow, because we are talking on Tuesday, oh, September right. the 20th, <laughs> I and they were, born, they were the born 22nd. on the 22nd. I meant the 22nd. I just got mixed up on what I know. I think was. elves use like a system of evening and morning. They more well, like they the moon do. and night, and so I think that's how the slippage in time goes. Yeah. Well, it's even deeper than that. If you actually look at the elvish calendar, they don't even measure 
years in the same way. They don't measure time the <laughs> time, way I do. Time, yeah, we don't even measure time. In fact, we don't even sleep at night um, much of the time. We but walking Bilbo, meditation. the star of The Hobbit, and yes. Frodo, the star of Lord of the Rings... My gosh, they both had birthdays they on both September twenty second. September twenty second, and of course, since we're um, celebrating in a sense the upcoming Hobbit movies, I thought it would be so wonderful. And because you know how much I love your Hobbit voice, I asked you, and you have graciously um, agreed to do a small reading from the Hobbit. Now, just to um, to our listeners, in case you're wondering what relevance this might have for you on a practical level we are entering into the season of holidays uh coming up next month is halloween you know we have uh, and then there'll be thanksgiving and days of and then the christmas holidays office parties and you may be thinking well i'm just not very good at giving a party and not just christmas there is christmas and hanukkah mm-hmm. and there's also uh eid which is a Muslim holiday. Mm-hmm. So there's lots there's of holidays. lots of things, yes. And um, so if you'd like a template for how to have a really good party, you might take a listen to how Bilbo, um, how they do the Hobbit birthday parties. This is and from... This is, this is classic. It's, it's just wonderful. It's such a template for a party. This is from The Fellowship of the Ring, being the first part of The Lord of the Rings, the first chapter of the book called A Long-Expected Party. The next day, more carts rolled up the hill, and still more carts. There might have been some grumbling about dealing locally, but that very week orders began to pour out of bag end for every kind of provision, commodity, or luxury that could be obtained in Hobbiton or Bywater or anywhere in the neighborhood. People became enthusiastic, and they began to tick off the days on the calendar, and they watched eagerly for the postman, hoping for invitations. Before long, the invitations began pouring out, and the Hobbiton post office was blocked, and the Bywater post office was snowed under, and voluntary assistant postmen were called for. There was a constant stream of them going up the hill, carrying hundreds of polite variations on thank you, I shall certainly come. A notice appeared on the gate at Bag End, no admittance except on party business. Even those who had, or pretended to have, party business were seldom allowed inside. Bilbo was busy, writing invitations, ticking off answers, packing up presents, and making some private preparations of his own. From the time of Gandalf's arrival, he remained hidden from view. One morning, the hobbits woke up to find the large field south of Bilbo's front door covered with ropes and poles for tents and pavilions. A special entrance was cut into the bank leading to the road, and wide steps and a large white gate were built there. The three hobbit families of Bagshot Row adjoining the field were intensely interested and generally envied. Old Gaffer Gamgee stopped even pretending to work in his garden. The tents began to go up. There was a specially large pavilion, so big that the tree that grew in the field was right inside it and stood proudly near one end, at the head of the chief table. Lanterns were hung on all its branches. More promising still, to the hobbit's mind, an enormous open-air kitchen was erected in the north corner of the field. A draft of cooks from every inn and eating house for miles around arrived to supplement the dwarves and other odd folk that were quartered at Bag End. Excitement rose to its height. Then the weather clouded over. That was on Wednesday, the eve of the party. Anxiety was intense. Then Thursday, September the 22nd, actually dawned. The sun got up, the clouds vanished, 
flags were unfurled, and the fun began. Bilbo Baggins called it a party, but it was really a variety of entertainments rolled into one. Practically everybody living near was invited. A very few were overlooked by accident, but as they turned up all the same, that did not matter. <laughs> Many people from other parts of the Shire were also asked, and there were even a few from outside the borders. Bilbo met the guests and additions at the New White Gate in person. He gave away presents to all and sundry. The latter were those who went out again by a back way and came in again by the gate to get another one. <laughs> Hobbits, you see, give presents to other people on their own birthdays. Not very expensive ones as a rule, and not so lavishly as on this occasion, but it was not a bad system. Actually, in Hobbiton and Bywater, every day in the year was somebody's birthday, so that every Hobbit in those parts had a fair chance of at least one present at least once a week, but they never got tired of them. On this occasion, the presents were unusually good. The Hobbit children were so excited that for a while they almost forgot about eating. <laughs> almost, but not quite. There were toys the like of which they had never seen before, all beautiful and some obviously magical. Many of them had indeed been ordered a year before and had come all the way from the mountain and from Dale and were of real dwarf make. When every guest had been welcomed and was finally inside the gate, there were songs, dances, music, games, and of course food and drink. There were three official meals, lunch, tea, and dinner or supper. But lunch and tea were marked chiefly by the fact that at those times all the guests were sitting down and eating together. At other times there was merely lots of people eating and drinking, continuously from 11s until 6.30 when the fireworks started. Amazing. So that is the very diagram of what a party should be. Absolutely. Let's hear a little bit of Gandalf mm. as he's entering into Bag End. Mm. Let's hear the professor himself sharing with us Bilbo's walking song. The road goes ever on and on, down from the door which began. Now far ahead the road is gone, and I must follow it if I can, pursuing it with eager feet until it joins some larger way where many paths and errands meet, and whither then I cannot say. The road goes ever on and on. And so it does for us, dear Hobbit. It's so true. And so... Here we are, about to the end, uh, the not the end of our program, but the last segment of our program. And um, if, in case you are tuning in, I am Tani Tanuviel, the resident KUCI Middle Earth Elf, and with me, as usual, my charming Hobbit co-host. Milo Longsdown, at your service. And this is What Would Arwen Do on Tuesdays, 4 to 5 p.m. And starting next week, there will be a news fall schedule, and we will be going to every other week. That's right. So basically, anyone who is listening should be setting their browsers on Monday, one week from yesterday. That would be Monday, mm -hmm. September 26th. Go to KUCI.org and click on Schedule, and you'll see the new schedule. And you'll see that What Would Arwen Do will still be on Tuesdays from 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific Time, but we'll be alternating with Tani's other program, <laughs> which had been on summer break but is now back for the call, a wonderful program called Phenomenal Woman. Which is, as the title implies, all about celebrating 
women and all of their phenomenalness. And uh, it's a it's a very fun show, and I uh, am very grateful to do it. There are lots of uh, women out there making a difference in their communities and young girls. This quarter we're going to be having a lot of uh, in fact, the title of the show might be Phenomenal Woman, Phenomenal Girl. I'm just not sure if that will fit on the QCI <laughs> homepage. There may be but, technical um, problems. Yes, because the girls who are among us that are amazing will one day be the phenomenal women among us. So I am very excited to have that uh, show back and to celebrate um, all the wonders of amazing women and uh, on alternating weeks here with uh, What Would Arwen Do? So... Again, the new uh, schedule will be starting. So, um, Hobbit, let's let's say some special welcomes to this the students that are coming. Well, yes. So, as I, as we said at the beginning of the program, as I was driving in, I saw all the young students. I saw the freshmen milling about and chatting with new friends and making new friends. And so, welcome to all the students and the returning faculty and staff. Perhaps mm-hmm. we will have some new faculty. UCI is quite a large university, and I'm sure there will be new staff and faculty members as well. We'd like to welcome those to our family here at the University of California at Irvine. This is Welcome Week. Don't forget that if you'd like to stop by and say hello to KUCI, you can. Our booth is on the Ring Road, so just look for the banner that says KUCI. Stop by, talk with us. That's right. We'll have stickers and buttons and who knows what else to hand out to people there. And uh, you can talk to people and ask them, so what's it like doing a radio show at KUCI on, on the campus of UC Irvine? And uh, I'm sure there'll be uh, quite a variety of people to talk to you about not only their shows, but the program in general and you can visit our website but also talk to people live there on Ring Road about uh, the possibility of taking a training every quarter Mm -hmm. there is training to become DJ and um, there's another training that's already up on our website Uh, the information for the next training that we'll have which will be on Wednesday nights this time Um, it's on different days of the week this one is going to be on Wednesday night from 7, it starts at 7 p.m. And reading here from our website at www.kuci.org, it says uh, KUCI's DJ Fall Training Class starts on Wednesday, October 5th, beginning at 7 p.m. in HICF Trailer 100K. You see students, faculty, administrators, and com- and um, administrators uh with a strong desire to be part of the best radio station in Orange County, are welcome. So there is a, um, you can please contact training at KUCI.org for more information. So, um, And it's a wonderful experience. It's such a wonderful community here. We have public affairs programs. That's the technical name. Our listeners may know them as talk shows. <laughs> we have public affairs programs. We have many music programs of many varieties. Yes, what We've are some of our We've got noise, genres? funk, hip-hop, reggae, blues, Zydeco, Cajun. We have rock. Electronica, indie music, goth. We have goth. We have um, a very active goth community and a very good show. And Allison does a great job maintaining our goth inventory of music here We've at the station. We've got industrial, hip-hop, you did you mention, yeah, I think you mentioned hip-hop. There's George Had a Hat. I'm not sure what genre that is, but it's a lot of fun. We have, elect- we have eclectic shows. So George oh, Had a Hat's 
is uh, George had a hat is eclectic. Rachel Darkling, Ray's cooking. Yeah, Darkling Eclectica is eclectic. Yes, with Michael Payne on uh, <coughs> Sunday afternoons. So. Also, in case you are visiting our website or in case you have uh, shows that you've um, become rather attached to, please check out the website because some things may have gotten moved around a little bit. One of our favorite shows, TNT's Funk Your Face, which is on just before ours, in case you tune in at 1 o'clock hoping to hear from TNT, her show is now going to be from 2 to 4 instead of 1 to 4. So please... Uh, hang in there. Maybe check out the new programming that's going to be on that hour before. But do not give up because she will be there uh, bright and shiny at uh, from 2 to 4 p.m. And what, what great music she plays. Oh. So you have wonderful so mixture. Amazing. You go from the eclectic craziness of George <laughs> Had a Hat to the mellow funk and, and, and sometimes very groovy, danceable, groovy, dancey yeah. music uh, of uh, TNT and Funk Your Face and into... Uh, the, the world of Middle Earth. Mythological <laughs> world of Middle Earth here on What Would Arwen Do? So please, uh, if you uh, are so inclined, please stop by our booth again on Ring Road. Please visit our website at KUCI.org or KUCITalk.org. And uh, dear Hobbit, if they'd like to contact us, how can they How can they contact us? We are eager to read your emails <laughs> and reply to them. If you have any questions or comments, if you'd like to know what an elf would do about some situation. In, for any of those reasons, please send us an email. We, we can be reached at the following email address, askanelf at yahoo.com. That's A-S-K-A-N-E-L-F at yahoo.com. We'd be eager to see your emails and, and start up a conversation with you. And if you're interested in the training, again, you can email training at KUCI.org. And some people might be a little shy, Hobbit. Um, we tend to not be quite on the shy side of, <laughs> but they, they might feel like, oh, I don't, I could never do a radio show. Um, if you ever felt the least little bit inclined, the wonderful thing about the training is that you learn everything to know about how to do a radio show. You learn what the FCC requires. Our training staff trains you on the equipment. You learn how to produce your show, how to queue up the music, how to make public service announcements. Everything that you need to do, in our, because we're all volunteers here, and nobody gets paid, but we have a lot of fun. We get paid in fun. <laughs> we we get and paid in fun we should be and paying, rewarding relationships. Yeah, I feel like I should be paid paying KUCI to be able to have this much fun. It, it, it really is true. <laughs> if I had not taken that training, my dear Hobbit wife, knowing that I had just been laid off more than two years ago, said, well, here's this little notice about, you know, some DJ training. Mm -hmm. And that was for the summer quarter when we have community members are also allowed in mm -hmm. summer quarter. So I signed up for that. And then I met you, Tani, and you <laughs> welcomed me onto this program. So, so it, is, it is the fun of... Not only the fun of doing the program, but also the deep, rewarding gratification of meeting young folks and not so young folks, but, but meeting a wide variety of yes. people that are really good people. And the training is successive Wednesday nights. It's, if I recall correctly, they schedule it for two hours. It's one to two hours. One to two yeah. hours, depending and on for the eight night. Weeks. But it's, uh, it's every Wednesday night, this quarter starting October the 5th for eight Wednesday evenings and at the conclusion you will know how to make a demo tape what we call a skim tape you will know what the FCC laws are you know what our local station equipment and rules and guidelines are mm -hmm. 
and you'll just have a wonderful time meeting all of your fellow DJs that are interns to be. And I have to say that being a part of this community has been cha- life-changing for me on so many levels. It's Absolutely. been one of the greatest blessings of my life. It's so a tremendous blessing. Come and join our family if you feel inclined. We will we will welcome you because that's what we do. <laughs> and, and if you don't want to be a DJ, there's many other ways to get involved. That's right. You training can support and management. us financially or you can get involved in training, management. You don't have to be on there air if you don't want to. There are administrative type positions available and yeah. Yeah, all kinds of things relating to Librarian. the world of radio. We have a vast music library that needs to be supervised. We have a good yeah. librarian right now, but that's something you might look into uh, for the next time the management position opens up. And they're always looking for new shows and with new genres of music. I know one of the shows I loved was... Um, um, uh, my friend Robert came, and he is a what do they call it, francophone for Fr- French? You know, French francophone speaking. is someone who likes French speaking. Yes, people. and he had a music uh, all French hip hop music, and it was wonderful. And uh, I'm not sure if he's he's back this quarter yet, but and then we had a show one time that was all harmonica music. We had one, one show one time that was all band. Um, um, band bugle band, you know, marching band music. So um, we once had a program. Uh, that was by the general manager at that time, and her program was late at night, and it was a comedy program That's where she right. played comedy bits. She did. And it was just hilarious what she put together. It was, it was, and it's good to laugh. Well, my Hobbit friend, guess Don't what? Don't tell me time is up already. <laughs> it is. Time is up. Um, I hope <laughs> that you will stay tuned. We have coming up... Um, uh, at 6 o'clock is Rachel Ray's cooking accident, and coming up in just a few minutes, we'll be having a little show, a little surprise for you. We've been uh, playing some of our past podcasts of our uh, of our past PA shows, so stay with us at 5 o'clock and see what we have coming up. So until then, though, my dear friend, Ellen Salalum and Nementielvo, a star shines on the hour of our meeting next time, which will be next week. We next will be week, back next week, Tuesday, September 27th, we will have What Would Arwen Do for the New Fall Quarter? Yes, and just a reminder that all of the views and opinions that have been expressed on this program are those of the Elf host and her Hobbit co-host and do not represent necessarily necessarily represent the views and opinions of UCI, KUCI, or the UC Board of Regents. So until then, my friend, Namaria, I will see you next week. I look forward to it. More more adventures. And with that, let's play um, Into the West. Into the West. My friend, Colette. Uh, from a cover of the Academy Award-winning music by Howard Shore, performed by Annie Lennox. This is KUCI in Irvine.